I'm Heidi Harris. Welcome to the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do this three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can subscribe at iTunes for free. You can also catch my live radio broadcast weekdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. at 670 a.m. KMZQ in Las Vegas. HeidiHarris.com is the website. Heidi Harris Show on Twitter. Heidi Harris Show on Facebook. You can't get away from me even if you want to. We're going to talk about the October 1 report, the final report from Metro. That's the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department in Las Vegas has come out now. We'll get to the details on that. Also, the FBI's final report will come out after the anniversary of the mass shooting on October 1st last year. It's hard to believe it's been nearly a year. We'll get to that, but first a word from our sponsor, Donna Francovilla. The Heidi Harris podcast is heard by tens of thousands of listeners because she's sassy, funny, and lovable. If you'd like to place your message on the podcast, I'll help you get started. I'm Donna Francavilla, owner of Frankly Speaking Communications. I'll voice your message for you for just $100, recorded, edited, and submitted as a special offering. Let me help you tell your story. Write to me at DonnasNiceVoice.com. That's DonnasNiceVoice.com. You can have Donna voice your spot for your business, regardless of whether it's on my podcast. So I would give her a call. She's got a beautiful voice, and she's a veteran broadcaster. All right, so I read the October 1st report. I read the entire thing over the weekend. Yes, I do my work. And I don't know that there were a lot of surprises. There was some information I didn't know about ahead of time. Uh, a lot of people had some questions about the fact that the so-called FIT team, that's the force investigation team, was in charge of the investigation instead of the homicide investigators, which seemed a little odd to some folks. And I'm not in Metro, so I don't really understand why they did that. There were a couple of officers who were struck by gunfire, and that's one of the reasons that they initiated a FIT response, force investigation team response, because some officers were hurt. Now, the main thing is that everybody's upset about is there's no reason. We don't know a motive for Stephen Paddock to shoot up Las Vegas. We just don't know. We do know that he had done various searches for other public venues. So I know a lot of folks said, oh, it's a jihadi thing. There were other people who left his room. It was planned by jihad and this and that and the other. We Muslims and he was just a, you know, a kind of a... I don't know, a useful idiot in the jihadi world. I don't know that that's true. I mean, when I look at what they investigated as far as all of the searches he did for various events, there were a lot of searches. He did all kinds of things, including in California. He was looking for a place where he could kill the most people, and it looks like he was planning this thing for over a year. He was amassing a huge amount of guns, and that's something that his girlfriend just thought it was his new hobby. The guy had a lot of money. It was his hobby. Listen, my husband's hobby is cars. If my husband could buy his many cars as Jay Leno, he would. This guy spent a lot of money on ammo. Not all of it was seen by Mary Lou Danley, the girlfriend, and obviously many of us had concerns about her. What did she know? When did she know it? And apparently she just didn't know it. She did say that their relationship romantically had changed over the last year. Interesting to me, though, was they interviewed a lot of folks, and they interviewed his primary care physician, but they never named the primary care physician, which I found kind of fascinating. The primary care physician did recommend that he take some medication, and the reason he, he suggested he take medication is because he described his behavior as odd, with little emotion. He thought he might be bipolar. Paddock did not want to discuss that topic further. He also refused antidepressant medication, but accepted prescriptions for anxiety. He apparently seemed fearful of medications. And we don't know, you know how much of that. When they did the brain 
examination and the autopsy. They didn't find anything unusual. So you just don't know what triggers somebody, no pun intended, to spend a year planning to try to kill a bunch of people and go out with a bang. I don't know. Approximately 869 people sustained documented physical injuries. Of those who sustained injuries, they were able to confirm that 413 were gunshot or shrapnel injury victims. And 360 victims sustained injuries other than gunshot or shrapnel injuries, you know, falling, things like that. 96 people, they said, were identified as having sustained an injury, but the type of injury was unable to be confirmed. We don't really know. 58 people confirmed, as you probably know. 31 at the venue, 27 pronounced at uh, various hospitals. I'm not going to read you a bunch of numbers. Nobody likes numbers on the radio, so we're not going to do that. But here's the thing that a lot of people missed, and it was in the first report, but I think it's clarified in the second report. From September 25th through October 1st, so we're talking about a week here, he was transporting multiple suitcases to his room. He did this at different times. He went back to his home in Mesquite, which, as you know, is about 80 miles from Vegas. So it wasn't like he drew attention in his behavior, and when he was asked by one of the bellmen about it or some comment was made. He basically said, oh, yeah, I've got family coming to meet me, and, you know, they're, you know, they're going to be taking advantage of this luggage. Now, what's interesting to me, and nobody talks about this, is ammo weighs a ton. I have ammo. I have guns. And it's surprising that the bellman didn't notice the weight. But listen, a lot of people cram a lot of crap in their suitcases, so that wasn't necessarily a trigger. He did make sure that he always accompanied his luggage, which the bellman said was not unusual. And more than one bellman was involved in this situation. But they said it was not unusual. But he was looking at online searches like Life is Beautiful, the 2017 Sunday schedule. He spent a lot of time at the Ogden, the high-rise development downtown. He booked some rooms there that overlooked some things. He was in the lobby. Uh, there was a lot of weirdness going on there. And so he had booked rooms at the Ogden and rooms at the Mandalay at the same time. So it looks as almost as if he really couldn't decide where to do this attack. And maybe it was just the luck of the draw that he did it in Mandalay instead of downtown. And I'm not saying luck. There was no luck involved. It's horrendous, the whole thing. But still. But apparently he rolled one suitcase up himself and he went used the service elevator. So there really wasn't anything that triggered people. Remember, Paddock was a known gambler. He gambled a lot. He tipped everybody well. He was a high roller. They had all of his information. He's a 64-year-old paunchy white guy who attracts zero attention. He looks like so many other people who come in. Now, a lot of folks said, oh, well, you know, his room wasn't clean for days and days, and they've got to stop that. No, not true. His room was clean multiple times. There were people who came in. Now, they just maybe did the linens and things like that. I'm the same way. If I go back to a place and I stay two or three days, I don't need you cleaning everything. I don't even need you cleaning the linens. I'm not a dirty person. I take a bath before I get in bed. I don't need that. Take my trash, maybe, and things like that. I don't need you doing all that stuff for me. I just don't like people in my room. I'm weird about that. And he did have his room cleaned, but he was staying in the room at the time. September 27th, he had the room cleaned. September 29th, apparently, um, somebody came in and cleaned the linen, and he said, don't vacuum the room, and don't remove the service cart from the room. Now, that's September 29th. Now, the interesting thing about the service cart, it turned out, he ultimately used that in the hallway to put a camera on that allowed him to see the hallway. So anybody coming down the hallway, he'd be able to see on his laptop, which was a big deal. All part of his plan, by the way, he had a live feed into the hallway they discovered after his death. 
He was described by one of the valet guys as a friendly guy who usually tipped five bucks. I tip at least five bucks when I valet my car. I know there are people who will tip a dollar after all these years. I'm not one of them. Paddock stuck out in people's minds because he tipped at least five bucks. It seems stupid that people would still tip a dollar, but a lot of folks do. So when you tip five bucks, you know, you stay out. Once again, he, another bellman said that he requested to stay with his bags and use the back elevators or service elevators. Okay. All right. He stated to one guy that uh, he had family coming to town and some of the luggage belonged to them. He was just making small talk. He wasn't terribly friendly, but he was just making small talk. Now, Metro did say that this one baggage handler who said he had family coming, they couldn't really corroborate his story, so we don't know for sure. Um, There were also reports at the time of the shooting of shooters on the 62nd and 29th floor. These are just some things that I highlighted reading the entire report. Now, ultimately, there were no shooters on the 29th or 62nd floor, but you have to understand, when there's a mass shooting event, there are people thinking it's coming from all kinds of places. Even the cops who were off-duty, who were working the event, thought that the shooting was coming from down below. They didn't know at first. Nobody knows. It's crazy. It's a mass shooting event. There are people calling 911, saying they hear things from all over the place. That doesn't make them right. You have to understand, there are people who are still believing the conspiracy, that there was something else going on. And I'm not discounting these folks. If they believe there's a conspiracy, fine. Show me evidence. Oh, well, there were three women in the room with him ahead of time. Who were they? What were their names? Tell me who they were. We don't know. So when you just make these allegations without any actual proof, I'm not impressed. I'm sorry. I'm just not impressed. Interestingly, prior to October 1st, key cards for other guests were used in an attempt to make access to the room, but access was denied. Um, As you may know, there were 24 guns that were found in the room, interestingly. And so, uh, you know, he had a lot more guns than that. They found guns in his various homes and things like that. But let me give you an example of the websites that were accessed by him, okay, when they checked his computers. He checked Life is Beautiful. He did uh, Top Vegas Condos. He was looking at downtown condos that looked over downtown. He was uh, looking at various concert venues in town and uh, seats and Memorial Day weekend and all kinds of things. Uh, Other websites included the Ticketmaster and San Diego. Even San Diego, he was thinking about doing some things. He was looking at the La Jolla Beach in California. He was also looking at uh, how does... How crowded does Santa Monica Beach get? So he was talking about doing it there. He searched for Las Vegas rentals, Las Vegas high-rise rents, and Las Vegas Ogden for rent. Clearly, he knew that the Ogden overlooks the uh, venues down there. He also did searches for for SWAT weapons, ballistics charts, and things like that. So you know what? Bottom line, this guy spent a lot of time planning this, and I don't see how anybody could have stopped it. Mary Lou Danley, his girlfriend who knew him best, didn't know. His family is odd. I mean, listen, we all have family issues. Lord knows I do. They have family members who haven't talked to each other in years. A couple of his brothers hadn't, but they said he was a little odd. As I mentioned, Mary Lou Danley didn't see anything about it that was weird. The interesting thing is that uh, apparently he had a large decrease in financial liquidity, and he had 14 bank accounts. And uh, over the last year, apparently a lot of money was paid to casinos and whatnot. But he had $95,000 in firearms and gun-related purchases, and he paid a check to the IRS for over $13,000, which is funny to me. If you're going to kill yourself, why would you pay the IRS? I don't really know. Now, part of it is that maybe he just was blowing all of his money on slot machines, maybe playing recklessly because he didn't really care and he knew it wasn't going to live that much longer. 
According to his girlfriend, he was not a religious person. He would often say things like, your God doesn't love me or your God doesn't love us. And she was a Catholic. And Paddock would blame this negative action on her making the sign of the cross if anything bad happened. Um, he didn't have a problem with her taking part in religious activity, but he described himself as an atheist. He did express a dislike for Obama and was happy when Trump was elected. But other than that, he really didn't get into a lot of political things. It wasn't like he was a political ideologue of any kind. There was also money that he transferred down to the Philippines after encouraging her to go visit her family for an extended period, and he wanted her to buy a house, and she took that to mean that he was trying to dump her and get rid of her. His mother, Irene Hudson, said that uh, he was intelligent, good with numbers, and nonviolent. She did not understand why he committed such a horrible act. Now, Eric Paddock, his brother, interestingly, stated that Patrick had mental issues, his brother, talking about his brother, and described Bruce as a sociopath. He also said that, lim that Paddock had limited interaction with Benjamin after Benjamin's release from prison. That's his father. Uh, Paddock was not a religious person, did not believe in any higher power, and found people to, who were religious to be ridiculous. Another interesting thing was Eric Paddock, who was a brother of Stephen Paddock, was upset when he learned that Paddock had removed the hard drives of the computers found in the hotel room. He was worried because Paddock had completed the taxes for the families that had cheated on them. He was afraid the hard drives would implicate him and his mother for tax evasion. Um, interesting. So he said after he found out the hard drives were missing, he said several times that maybe Paddock didn't care for us. And I mean, I could go down the list of people he talked to. You can read this uh, for yourself. One of the other brothers said he had no interest in Paddock or any other family member. So listen, their family had issues like every other family known to mankind. And I, the bottom line is we don't know why he did it. I don't believe these conspiracy theorists because they have no concrete fact. Give me dates. Give me actual evidence. I had somebody on Twitter actually say, well, the guy who was dead had different ears than Stephen Paddock. What? I mean, you can drive yourself crazy staying up nights trying to figure out how the sheriff lied. I don't believe he did. Did you see the press conferences right after the shooting? The sheriff clearly hadn't slept in days. This is not a guy who's trying to get his story straight or already, already planned some kind of story. I just don't believe it. I've got friends who are homicide detectives. I've got friends who on the department who say, no, it was just Paddock. We wish we had an answer. But when you've got a guy who's trying to find any place to try to shoot up, folks, I don't see the jihadi connection. I just don't. And I'm not the, the person who believes that government doesn't lie. I know government lies. I don't think they're lying about this situation. I think Metro did a very thorough report. They have a lot of interviews in here. They have a lot of autopsy reports in here. So if I were you and you're one of those people who thinks there might be a conspiracy, I would avail yourself of the report. Hear me shuffling it? Because I went through the entire thing over the weekend. Highlighted it tagged it and everything else because I was fascinated. I'm interested to know why he did it too. And you know why? Because I want to prevent the next one. All of us do. But the bottom line is when somebody's crazy like this, and like the guy who shot George Bush's doctor last week, he apparently shot this guy because his mother died on the operating table 20 years ago. And then he killed himself, which was good. It saved the court costs. Some people have long fuses. They just do. I'm not that person. I'm the kind of person, if I'm upset, you are going to know about it. But the difference is I get over it quickly. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm done. 
I don't carry a grudge. Life is too short to collect scalps. I just don't do it. I move on with my life. I've been screwed over as much as anybody else has. We all have been. I move on. I give it to God. I mean, I may never associate with a person who screwed me over again, but I don't carry a grudge against them. I don't hate them. I just move on. But there are folks like Stephen Paddock who may have a grudge against who knows who. Humanity. I don't really know. Life was so unfair to him. The guy made a ton of money live the way he wanted to. I can't imagine spending all of my time in a casino. And I worked in a casino for 10 years, as you may know. And I remember seeing people sit at that slot machine and they would put those dollars, those racks of dollars in the poker machines, doom, doom, doom. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, is this all you have to do with your life? And I remember one of the bartenders saying to me, if you had a lot of money, that's what you do too. And I said, hell no, would I do that? I could think of a million things to do. You can create foundations. You can donate to worthy causes. You can volunteer. You can do a million things. Get on a cruise ship, travel. Oh my gosh, the things I would do if I had a lot of money. And none of them include putting dollars in a slot machine. I'm not judging you if you do, but trust me, I'd have better things to do with my life than what Stephen Paddock did. Driving back and forth to Mesquite, putting guns in a hotel room, plotting and scheming to shoot a bunch of people up. We'll never understand it. I believe the sheriff when he says we don't know the motive. And it's unfortunate because, once again, we want to find a motive so we can prevent the next one. So that's my take on the October 1 massacre. I'll be talking about that live on my radio show this morning at 670 AM KMZQ. If you would like to weigh in, please call us. The number is 702 866-6700. I'm happy to take your calls, happy to take your comments. I know the conspiracy theorists are going to be out there. Well, go ahead. Work overtime on it. Spend the rest of your life doing that. I've got other things to do with my life. That's all I'm saying. I'm Heidi Harris. I'll see you at 9 o'clock at 670 AM KMZQ. Pick up my new book. It's called Don't Pat Me on the Head, Blowbacks, Setbacks, and Comebacks in Vegas Radio. Yes, I have a chapter on the October 1 massacre because I was finishing my book up right when the massacre occurred. So I've got a chapter on that. If you'd care to read more of my comments on that, you can pick that up at Amazon. And also my first book, Cocktail Waitress Wisdom, which I wrote a few years ago, still available on Amazon. Check it out. I'm Heidi Harris. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell. Well.